Hi, this is Scott Thompson. Welcome to the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Thanks for listening. Feel free to subscribe. Tell your friends. Coming up on today's show, the latest on that Ukrainian airliner shot down in Tehran, 176 on board, 63 of those Canadian. It now appears as if it was brought down by two Iranian missiles. We have the latest. It's all coming up on the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Right now, let's go to Redmond Shannon, Global News. He is with us now. Uh, Redmond, what can you? What sort of light can you shed on any of this? Well, Scott, it's, it's a number of uh, news organizations are reporting this right now. Sorry, I'll just have to pause. I'm hearing my voice back at me. Now I'm no longer hearing my voice. That's better. Uh, it was very distracting. Sorry. Um, a, a number of news organizations over the past uh, 30 to 40 minutes have started reporting this. CBS, amongst the first of them, Newsweek, initially reported this, uh, citing U.S. Uh, officials and an Iraqi official saying that they believe that this could have been, the plane could have been shot down accidentally by an Iranian missile. Uh, other news organizations are now going with it too. NBC following CBS. Now, the, may, they may all be quoting the same sources. We don't know uh, who those sources are as yet. And uh, we should um, obviously wait and see to an, to an extent. And these investigations, the real key is held in those black boxes. So there's a lot of global politics involved in this. One could be skeptical uh, initially about this uh, because, of course, the United States, it, it, it per- perhaps might suit them to uh, the U.S. administration because Donald Trump has just come out and spoken in the last few minutes. It might suit the U.S. administration to uh, believe that, uh, I'll put it out there, that Iran is to blame for this, right. given the current state of the relations between the U.S. and Iran. Uh, in the last few moments, uh, Donald Trump, he said, quote, I have my suspicions. I don't want to say that because other people have their suspicions also. It's a tragic thing when I see that it's a tragic thing. So Donald Trump um, not saying anything definitive there, but um, indicating that uh, he, he has his suspicions too. So obviously Iran, it would be extremely embarrassing for the Iranian government if this is the case. Most of the people on board were Iranian citizens. Obviously, a lot of them were dual citizens and Canadian citizens too. A huge diplomatic um, fallout from this, if this is true, but of course, if this is an open investigation where Iran shares all the information of its investigation, including the black boxes, well, then that uh, is something that we'll really have to wait for, for definitive proof of why this plane on the that, ground. On that, Redmond, what sort of confirmation are we w- now waiting for? Uh, the report from CBS says they heard from U.S. intelligence. Shouldn't U.S. intelligence or the White House be on this, uh, at, well, least, at least with some sort of press conference? Exactly. So without any official statement from the Pentagon or from other U.S. officials right now, we we don't know anything for sure in terms of what the U.S. government's official position is on this. Of course, Donald Trump has said hinting at that a short time ago, but uh, we want to hear exactly what the U.S. government has to say. And you feel that if these reports are rolling out now over the last half hour, that the U.S. government will be forced into coming out with some sort of official line on this, either confirm or deny on an official level, because all of these sources are uh, not non-quoted sources so far about uh, U.S. intelligence and what it appears to show. 
So we'll have to really wait for that, and I imagine we could see that over the coming hours. Why do you think this information is coming out now as opposed to just after the plane went down? Well, it may be that some of the satellite imagery uh, would have needed to have been uh, analyzed or other data that the U.S. is able to gather intelligence data in the area to match the flight path against perhaps indications of a rocket launch if these are if this is the case so coming out with it immediately might be difficult analyzing the data if that's what has been done by the u.s is something that may have led these sources to speak to uh, u.s media organizations and say this uh many uh, initially thought that because nobody took credit for this as a terrorist act that perhaps it was not that perhaps hoping for it um, could this, is this, uh, uh, and again, we're just speculating at this point, but you mentioned the word accident. Um, are, are you surprised that if it was intentional, somebody hasn't taken credit? Well, exactly. I imagine that would be an indication, obviously, that it was deliberate if, if some organization were to have shot down this plane. But you'd have to ask the question, who would want to shoot down a plane of mainly Iranian people and Canadians along with Swedes and Ukrainians what, what, where's the motivation? Who, which country or organization would benefit from shooting down a plane of these innocent people? Really, no one would, and no one has claimed it. So if this was shot down, maybe it was an accident. But that's a big if, and I think we need to really roll back here and take a pinch of salt with any of these reports right now until we see or hear anything more official. Uh, we initially heard that this plane had been delayed before it took off. Do we know why that was? No, I don't have any information on, on why the, the plane may have been delayed. Of course, there are planes are delayed frequently for various right. reasons, so you never know why that may or may not have been. Uh, is this just, and again, we're assuming here, but could this be a situation where, uh, considering what had happened just prior and the attacks that had happened just prior to this crash, that uh, uh, commercial airlines not be in the air at that point in and around that area? Well, there is uh, hindsight is a great thing, and yeah. uh, that's certainly true. And that was true in 2014 when the Malaysia Airlines flight MH17 was shot down over eastern Ukraine. In the wake of that, airlines uh, rerouted around that uh, area of Ukraine where there was fighting between Russian-backed rebels and the Ukrainian forces and that could be the case here as well that perhaps flights should have been postponed and uh, it should have been the case that perhaps things could have been paused for a day or two in Iranian airspace among international airlines at the least at the very least but uh, obviously we're going to have to wait again to, to see something more official to see if that is something that should have been done. We have heard uh, with the uh, the killing of this uh, of the top uh, military Iranian leader that he was in control of many proxy forces all over the area. Could is it possible one of these proxy forces brought this jet down? Well, I, I imagine it is possible, given that they are armed, but you again have to think, why would a yeah. Iranian-backed militia shoot down a plane of mostly Iranian people, innocent Iranian people? It just doesn't make any sense. There's no, there's no good side to it for, for um, Iran or Ir Iranian-backed militias to, to do that. I'm not saying we, we can't say it hasn't happened. We right. don't know, but certainly it would seem unlikely. 
Um, if in fact, and again, we're we're all making assumptions at this point. Uh, if in fact this report is is accurate, um, uh, uh, any idea how this accident, if it was that, could have happened? Well, it depends on the type of uh, missile that's used, because um, some of these missiles are heat-seeking missiles, and if they go up, then they look for the biggest object or uh, an object that um, that mm-hmm. they can seek out. And a large plane like a seven three seven eight hundred would be would be very vulnerable if if a, a missile that was uh, able to find it was was in the sky. Again, this is speculation, so we don't really know. How long after the attacks did this plane take off? Do we know? It would have been. I think, thinking back, actually, I think it was to between five and six hours after those initial attacks, or at least the reports of those initial missiles being launched from Iran into Iraq uh, to those air, air bases holding U.S. and Canadian troops were launched. So it was a number of hours later, and there were no reports uh, after that of any other attacks or Iran saying it had launched any other attacks. So there is a good big window there. Um, to separate them. Where was this accident in relation to those attacks, both where the missiles were launched and where they landed? Well, to, uh, to Iran is a very, very big country, and Iran, uh, Tehran is toward the north of it and mm-hmm. toward the west of it, nearer to the Iraq border, quite a distance from the Iraq border. Um, the two air bases were well inside Iraq. One in Erbil in northern Iraq was much, much closer, and then the other air base was in central Iraq, so quite a distance away. So obviously, if these um, uh, missiles were launched from Iran, then they wouldn't have. They obviously didn't get very far if if uh, they were to have taken out a plane. But again, this is, uh, as as you say, all speculation right now. How, if in fact this is confirmed, how does this situation change? that attack and and how does this situation change the world well the situation would changes the world in many ways if and when we know what really happened so if this was uh, an accidental shoot down of a passenger jet there are huge repercussions uh, diplomatically uh, in the region and across the world because fingers are going to be pointed in various directions who started these tensions between us and iran who is initially to blame for ramping this up and causing a situation where we have missiles being fired from Iran into Iraq and the blame will be pointed by you one could imagine the blame would be pointed uh, across the Atlantic on both sides and across the region on different sides as well and obviously with so many westerners canadian citizens on board the repercussions are are huge. Um, obviously, Canada doesn't have any direct diplomatic relations with Iran right now, and you'd see those be the prospect of that being improved in any time in the near future would be disimproved greatly if this is to uh, if this story is true. Well, what about the prime minister? How involved is he in all of this? Uh, and in, in regard to the United States with this information, because in the end, if this is all true, it appears that once again, Canadians have been caught uh, in between a rock and a hard place with the United States, whether it's the, the, the Huawei case or this. I mean, this isn't going to bode well. No Americans on this plane, yet 63 Canadians. 
Yeah, well, it's a, a different diplomatic, a difficult uh, diplomatic juggling game for the, for the Prime Minister. Uh, we know that he is pushing for Canadian authorities to be involved in the investigation. I think um, I, that's very important from, from any point of view, that you have Canadian investigators with so many Canadian citizens and Canadian residents uh, who died on, on this aircraft. We don't know yet if... Canadians will be allowed to take part in the investigation. We know that uh, Foreign Minister um, Francois-Philippe uh, Champagne has spoke to his Iranian counterpart, asking for Canadian authorities to be allowed to join the investigation. And I think there you can't see a downside to that. And if Canadians are denied, and if Ukrainians are denied full access, and the same goes with uh, U.S. authorities and European authorities, then suspicions will be raised if the Iranians are holding back information. That's what uh, will be the key over the coming days. If Iranians start holding back information, that will increase suspicions greatly. If it is, and it turns out that it is a missile strike that brought this plane down, does it change Canada's access? Is it a different story once it involves, uh, you know, this sort of uh, event? Canada's access to what do you mean? Yes, access to the investigation, access to information. Yes, well, I imagine if... if the fact we, that if, it was shot down, how yeah, does that change the situation? Well, if it is, if, there, if it becomes known as a fact that it was shot down, then you would imagine that Iran will shut up shop. You can't imagine that Iran is going to allow um, foreign investigators inside if that is the case, if that is what's happened because they will, will want to uh, cover that up. But um, again, we're, we're only speculating here because we, we don't know. But Iran, certainly, if they do open it up, it's a good sign. And then we'll know, we'll hear from independent investigators um, as to what they may make of the data, of all the data available. And I think that's going to be the key over the next few days. Redmond Shannon has been with us from Global News. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 5.30 and 6 for more on all of this. Redmond, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Good luck with this. Thanks, Scott. Bye. Let's bring in Doug Welsh, Dean of Graduate Studies, McMaster University. Uh, he is with us now. Doug, thank you so much for the time. Our condolences to everybody at McMaster for this loss. Yes, thank you. It's uh, not been a good week. How is this? What is the mood? What's the vibe at the, at the campus? Well, the mood is uh, primarily shock, uh, and and I imagine there's a fair amount of of anger and grief mixed in there as well. This is a, a, a graduate student body where everybody's quite close to each other, and uh, you're basically one degree of separation away from anybody else. So everybody knows somebody who knew these people directly or knew them directly. Uh, and that makes it so much harder for the entire campus, really, because everybody is, is pretty closely affected. What can you tell us about these students? These students uh, were both in areas where they were working on solving major problems that affected everyone around the world, basically. Uh, they were working on making uh, vehicles more sustainable, on making them uh, be uh, potentially uh, drive themselves, making the power uh, transmissions more efficient so they use less energy. And they are in a very, very active and world-renowned uh, group of researchers in the McMaster Automotive Research Center. Boy, this is just, just confirmation about what an international world we live in and what an international world McMaster is. It is, and uh, we have a 
we've always had a set of very excellent uh, students applying for graduate studies at, at Iran. It's our second largest uh, group of international students. And uh, we will obviously, uh, we're still interested in having these great students come to McMaster, but uh, this campus and many other campuses around uh, around Canada have been devastated by uh, unnecessary losses. And and it's just it's 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 astounding how many students were on this plane. It uh, it was partly a timing issue because yeah. uh, this is uh, graduate students get back in time to do their first. Uh, teaching assistantship work usually, usually they can get somewhat better fares if they come in a little after New Year's, and uh, and the number of course of of, of uh, uh, flights that are uh, reasonable from Tehran through an intermediate country to Canada are small, and so both of these things factored into. Have, having many, many university students and, and researchers uh, on the, on this flight. With the news that this may have been brought down, this plane may have been brought down by missiles, we're still waiting for confirmation from the White House on this, although several U.S. sources, news sources are reporting this. How does that change the tone there? Well, I obviously, if it was an avoidable accident, it's that much more horrendous. Uh, at this point in time, uh, I think the news changes very quickly, and uh, it will take time to be sure what actually happened. Uh, this was a group of uh, ir- uh, mainly Iranian students, or a large, uh, large fraction of them had Ura- uh, Iranian uh, nationality, and so uh, if it was a missile that brought them down, then I, uh, one has to imagine there's the possibility that it was a mistake at oh. this point as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, because Iranians on that plane as well. Uh, exactly. Can you give us any more info on the students or their families, and if there's any sort of memorial or any of that planned at this point? So I, I'm not the closest person to actually connecting with the families. Um, we are certainly involved in supporting uh, fellow graduate students, uh, helping roommates of these students uh, in their current situation, and uh, helping the, the the group over in the automotive research center in particular uh, with with supports of, uh, uh, of uh, counseling etc. The I am aware that uh, both undergraduate and graduate Iranian student groups are uh, hoping to plan uh, their uh, events this week. I believe one of them's on Friday. I <clears throat> I haven't been communicated directly about final plans yet. Um, but obviously, we're uh, the university is working with these groups to make sure that uh, we can celebrate the lives of these extraordinary individuals. Doug Welch has been with us, Dean of Graduate Studies, McMaster University. Doug, thank you for taking the time during this uh, very difficult moment. And again, our condolences to everybody within the McMaster community on this. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Doug. Uh, two grad students, McMaster, uh, former research uh, researchers at McMaster University, among the victims, many students, professors uh, across the country as students were returning home uh, from the holiday and such to, uh, to get back to class. Again, we are following the story. It is extremely fluid at this point, and as soon as we get confirmation on all of this information that is being reported at this point, we certainly will pass it along. No word at this point of 
officially from the White House. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Several media sources in the United States are reporting that U.S. uh, officials are confident or it is highly likely that Iran shot down uh, that Ukraine airliner with 176 on board, 63 of them uh, Canadians. Uh, U.S. intelligence under this report apparently uh, detected radar being turned on and two missiles being launched and are uh, it's highly likely they are confident we're hearing those two those two phrases uh, that this plane was taken out of the sky um, by these two Iranian missiles as Redmond Shannon said from Global News um, uh, no confirmation on this yet from the White House Uh, however several news organizations are reporting uh, that they have talked to US officials who have revealed this information in some way Uh, as Redmond says it would be some are considering this some floating around an accident uh, simply because there were Iranians on board why would they shoot down a plane with their own citizens on board Uh, accident who knows Uh, at the end of the day what will hopefully reveal and tell more information on this are the black boxes Uh, let's bring in Joseph Yarminian a president thermodyne engineering director at the Ontario uh, Aerospace Council get a little bit more of the technical side of this moving forward Joseph thank you for the time much appreciated you're welcome Uh, With this latest information, and again, we have yet to get confirmation from the White House on this, uh, how does this change the discussion? How valuable are those black boxes? The black box is extremely valuable because it contains all kinds, like uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, data uh, about the flight, about any uh, abnormal conditions uh, like vibration, shock, uh, temperature, speed, and so on and so forth. So all the information goes into the black box. It's uh, saved in the black box. And the black box is designed to withstand fire, to withstand crash, to withstand all kinds of uh, shock, vibration. So it's a very robust uh, device. So whatever happened, uh, the black box will indicate uh, all the information. So uh, it is not an easy task. It's not something that you just uh, click the button and uh, get the information. It is uh, software related so that uh, when the instrument, uh, let's say vibration and shock and so on, are logged into the uh, black box, they are logged digitally. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, some specialists need to get into the black box and explain or translate the digital signals as real uh, values like temperature, uh, displacement of the vibration, frequency of the vibration, or the uh, the G value, acceleration value of the shock, and so on. So the the information in the black box is extremely useful for determining what happened. So uh, the black box from the black box, you would able you would be able to tell if this plane was brought down by missiles. Yes. Uh, Just because of the information it gathers, what's going on information, around the plane? A missile has a big shock that uh, mm-hmm. is uh, recorded by the uh, by the black box, and uh, that is uh, to the uh, interpreter of the data of the black box. Whoever uh, is getting into the black box interpretation. 
uh, talk about what it is and what the process is to decode this black box. I understand there's only certain people that are qualified to do this, only certain areas. Canada's quite good at it, the U.S. obviously, France and such. Right. W- what is involved in, in, in actually decoding this information? Uh, be, uh, okay, let me explain it uh, a little bit technical. Uh, all these data are uh, digital. What it means, they are on-off signals and the duration of uh, these signals. So uh, what happens is that uh, the signal, it gets interpreted into graphs. And those graphs for each kind of signal, for instance, uh, one graph would be, let's say, the temperature of the engine at certain location. Another graph is the uh, temperature of the air conditioning of, uh, of the airplane and so on. So there are hundreds, thousands of uh, lines that uh, comes out of the data box. Uh, of the black box uh, that are in the form of data. And uh, they are interpreted as lines, as graphs, uh, or uh, some other kind of uh, information. So those interpretation and the, uh, uh, of, the, uh, of these data and the graphs uh, in, are the specific uh, tasks of uh, specialists which they can uh, really interpret all these data correctly. And those data are, whoever is uh, doing that interpretation, uh, they they should all get the same information, same data, same graph, same information. Once you have the black box and it's delivered to an expert who can read it, how long does it take to decipher and come to that conclusion? It takes a few days. It's not a big uh, issue. Uh, because uh, the data is, is there, it's uh, like uh, it's basically data acquisition system, which the softwares uh, interpret these data very quickly. So it should not be more than I, uh, I guess, one week at most, or just a few days. Uh, does Iran have the capability to do this? I understand this takes a certain amount of expertise. Only a few places can do it. I'm sure major uh, government organization, they have uh, that capability, uh, especially those that uh, use aircraft, they buy aircraft, uh, they, uh, they should be able to uh, know what happens uh, with the black box. If they don't, they subcontract it to specialists. But the main that um, the main experts will be the people that build the airplane, and also the people that they design that build the uh, black box. Um, do you, I guess this is sort of a political question, but do we know where this will end up and where this black box could go to be decoded? Uh, literally, it should go to Boeing. Because uh, the information, if it is mechanical, if it is not, uh, if it is mechanical failure, the information in the black box is extremely useful to uh, determine the cause of the failure and for Boeing to predict and redesign whatever uh, caused that problem. So that is very extremely information for the protection of public which is very, very important information. Uh, Obviously, we still haven't uh, heard confirmation from the White House on these reports that it was uh, was taken down. That being said, with what you see of how and what we know of this crash, does this seem possible to you? Does this seem like an explanation? 
Uh, well, each politician uh, will interpret it uh, dif- uh, differently. Mm. But the main uh, information uh, should come from the black box. And whoever is interpreting uh, the information of the black box should be impartial so that uh, uh, it will be only scientific approach rather than political approach. Joseph Ya-Armenian has been with us, President Thermodyne Engineering and the Director at the Ontario Aerospace Council. Joseph, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Uh, Let's bring in Arl Braun, Professor, Department of Political Science, University of Toronto, Professor, Monk School of Global Affairs, and with us now. Arl, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you. Your thoughts on uh, the suspicion that this is highly unlikely, U.S. officials are saying that uh, Iran uh, shot down this plane. Accidentally, this uh, theory is gaining uh, credibility. Again, we do not have certainty at this point, but um, a number of uh, reputable news outlets in the United States, CBS and Newsweek, have reported uh, conversations that they had with Pentagon officials and uh, other officials in the U.S. government who have told them that they saw or they had signs that radars were turned on, that missiles were fired. These would be Tor missiles, uh, Russian-made missiles that Iran acquired in 2007. And now even uh, European officials seem to be coming to the conclusion that this uh, uh, report that the airline was shut down uh, appears to be credible. The problem here is that Iran has not been fully cooperative. This regime has not been transparent. This is an area, the Middle East, which is always ripe with conspiracy theories. And when they don't release information, when they do not cooperate fully, then it magnifies that even more. And the original claim by the Iranians, which was made without any evidence whatsoever uh, at that point, that this was a mechanical problem, made many people very suspicious. It sounded like a cover-up. And the, again, original statements put out by the Iranians that they would not cooperate with Boeing and the Americans also created problems because even though in international law, Iran has the right to do the investigation, it does not have the capacity to decipher the black boxes. They really need to go back to the manufacturer and without Boeing looking at those boxes. Uh, very few countries have the capacity to decipher them, only about five countries in the world, but even then the manufacturer has to look at it. So at this point, the Iranians have made the situation worse for themselves. Uh, any idea what will become of those black boxes? Any thought as to where they may end up? Or the fact that this has happened uh, in uh, in Iranian's jurisdiction, we may never know. We may never see this information. Is that possible? It's possible that we may never know with certainty, because even though the Iranians now seem to move towards greater cooperation, especially allowing Ukrainian officials to come and visit, the Ukrainian officials want to look at the site, they want to see their remnants of missiles, uh, or missile parts, um, it is the black box, uh, even if it's damaged, there are two black boxes that give the most definitive information. Investigators in the past apparently have been able to gain information even from damaged boxes, 
And if Iran does not hand over those boxes to Boeing, then any other investigation will fall short of the standard that is expected in such, uh, such cases. And there would be the assumption that they are trying to hide something. If the Iranians somehow would uh, admit, if indeed this uh, was a case where the plane was shot down accidentally, if they were to admit that, at one level, that would be a very positive development because it would tell the world that this government is becoming more transparent mm. and it's easier to deal with. If, however, they tried to hide it, then it would it will reinforce the image of a government that not only supports terrorism worldwide, but also internally that hides things, uh, things from their own population, hides things from uh, the international community. I mean, we can imagine that if this indeed were shot down by Iranian missiles, this would be embarrassing to the government. Again, at the end of the day, because their own citizens were on board as well as 63 Canadians. Well, this is uh, why uh, the truth should come out. And Iran should cooperate. And it should cooperate not just a matter of general goodwill, but also as a matter of compassion. Uh, We are speculating uh, right now as to what the causes were. But uh, if we think of the families who suffered these grievous losses, not only did they have to confront the tragedy of losing loved members of their families, but also they uh, are made so much worse off by not knowing, by not, by not having definitive, uh, definitive information. So uh, even from the perspective of just basic human compassion, the Iranian government ought to cooperate, needs to be transparent. How is this playing in Iran? The fact that this is this plane has come down, it had Iranian citizens, I think the most Iranian citizens over and above Canadian. Uh, how, how do they sell this to their own people that, you know, whether they admit that they shot it down or not, how do they, how do they handle this plane crash that, where their own citizens have perished? So far, the initial statements were that this was a mechanical problem beyond the control of the Iranian government, uh, so it would be uh, the fault of the uh, manufacturer if that proves to be correct. And again, we do not have all the facts, so I can't exclude that possibility, but it seems increasingly less uh, less likely. But this is a regime that is uh, not that concerned, at least so far has not been that concerned about telling the truth to their own people. Let's not forget that uh, only in November, there were vast demonstrations throughout Iran, which were suppressed in the most brutal fashion by this regime. Uh, perhaps as many as 1,500 people were killed. And, of course, the lady they played a crucial role in encouraging the harshest possible government response to peaceful demonstrators. So this is not a government uh, to mislead its own population. Uh, that being said, if in fact this information does prove to be true, will it be impossible to keep that information out of Iran that they did in fact bring down their own plane? It will be very difficult to keep this information uh, out, but there would be comparative nar- uh, narratives uh, that the regime would put, uh, put out. And if they don't admit to it, then most likely the attack would be that this is 
part of some American Zionist conspiracy to sully the name of the Islamic Republic uh, government. And they will undoubtedly have some supporters, uh, hardliners within Iran, who'd want to believe that this is just some kind of uh, Western conspiracy designed to damage the image uh, of the regime. But undoubtedly, vast numbers of uh, people in Iran, in that case, will know that this was a cover-up. Uh, they already are deeply disillusioned with this government. Uh, if there were free elections, it is very doubtful that uh, this regime could stay in power. They are uh, remaining in power by virtue of utter coercion and tremendous repression of the population. We've certainly heard, uh, especially with the killing of, of Iran's top military leader, that he had control over many proxy forces in the area. Um, how does an accident, an, if this is, in fact, an accident, because it's hard to understand why Iran would shoot down a plane with its own people on board, if this was an accident, um, how does something like this happen? Would this have been an Iranian force, or could this have been one of the proxies? Well, this happened inside Iran. So the Iranian proxies are in, in Iran, right. in Syria, and in Lebanon, and elsewhere in the Middle East. Uh, within Iran, the regime has full control, and they have uh, uh, the Iranian... So this is on Iran, then? And, 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 and the uh, Islamic Revolutionary uh, Guard uh, Corps. Uh, so uh, when uh, the Iranians launched an attack against bases in uh, uh, Iraq, uh, there may have been some confusion in terms of uh, the control uh, of uh, these uh, actions. They may have uh, been concerned that there was already some kind of response from the United States that this may have been a foreign aircraft. Uh, there may have been miscommunication among various branches of the Iranian forces. It is not uncommon uh, in what is called the fog of war that there can be friendly fire, so to speak, and mistakes are made. This is one of the dangers of uh, uh, using kinetic means of, uh, of warfare. This is why uh, war ought to be, uh, military action ought to be avoided uh, whenever possible because there are risks uh, of making mistakes. So it is conceivable that they would make mistakes. It would show a degree of ineptitude. It would damage the image of uh, the uh, military uh, forces in Iran and of the image that the regime tries to project of invincibility. And so it would be deeply embarrassing to the regime. And this is why, uh, even if this proves to be correct, and I emphasize that we still do not have all the facts, but should this be correct, uh, there may be enormous reluctance on the part of the regime to admit to it because it would show weakness. Uh, that being said, if in fact this information does prove to be correct, how does this affect the climate in the Middle East on the heels of the death of Iranian's top military man? The only silver lining one can imagine in this situation would be that it would also be a kind of cautionary tale uh, that could affect uh, any future actions by the Iranian regime because it would show that if it entered into further conflict that uh, 
even when it just tries to retaliate, in the end, it might harm itself, as it uh, may well have happened here. As you said, uh, uh, there were not only foreigners on board, uh, there were Iranian citizens uh, on board of this airplane as well. So uh, this, uh, uh, if it proves to be correct that uh, it was brought down by Iranian missiles, should tell the Iranian regime that it would be very wise for it not to engage in military adventures and certainly not to engage in a military confrontation with a superpower. Uh, all the more frightening if uh, they eventually uh, bring nuclear weapons into this uh, into this theater. Um, well, you can imagine yeah. that if those missiles that were fired at the American bases uh, or the bases where Americans were, and there were also other foreign forces, not just American forces, if Iran would already have nuclear weapons, then those missiles, which are dual capable, could have carried uh, a nuclear warhead. Then uh, uh, the effect would have been absolutely devastating. And this is why even Russia would not like to see a nuclear Iran. As much as Russia has been supporting Iran at the United Nations, Mr. Putin operates on the basis that he is very happy to see Iran try to damage American interests in the Middle East, and they have sold Iran nuclear reactors, civilian reactors, but Russia has repeatedly stated, and I think uh, uh, and this is credible, that they would not want to see a nuclear Iran because they do understand that a nuclear Iran would be a danger to everyone in the area. What is the prime minister's role here? Uh, will uh, will can, will Canada and or others or other of our allies have access to this site, access to this information, especially with Canada, considering 63 Canadians were on board? How much access do we have? We should have a good deal of access, and uh, the Iranian government said that it would cooperate uh, with Canada. Uh, Italy acts as an intermediary. For us, so it's not a matter of uh, not having channels. We always have ways of communicating, even if uh, indirectly. But again, the question is, what kind of cooperation would we get? Uh, And the key remains the two black boxes, which need to be analyzed by Boeing. The other thing uh, would be to have sufficient access to the site before objects are removed. That is, are there remnants of missile parts in the area that could give us a clue whether uh, some missiles had been uh, fired or or not? So um, it is not just heavy cooperation, but the level of cooperation that Iran is uh, uh, would be willing to to provide us, and that's uh, what we have to uh, wait and see. And I suspect that uh, if this was uh, indeed a case of Iranian uh, uh, anti-aircraft missiles uh, bringing down uh, this plane, then Iran may indeed be reluctant to allow uh, that kind of investigation because they are worried about losing face. I mean, uh, there is just no good way of explaining this away in the case of the Iranian regime that they uh, shot down a civilian aircraft deep inside uh, Iran, just near the Tehran uh, airport, 
uh, when they were supposed to show how strong they are and how they are able to retaliate against the United States. This would uh, uh, not uh, in any possible way uh, uh, reinforce what the regime wants to project, and that is an image of invincibility. Mm. Um, so maybe those, maybe that retaliation into those bases uh, in Iraq were misses, as opposed to just a warning. When you think about all of this, uh, what about Donald's uh, last question here? What about Donald Trump's reaction to all of this? Uh, he he basically said in the, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course, in uh, his press conference, not our stuff. He says he's suspicious of it all. He, th- you know, obviously the intelligence says what it says, um, but basically said not our systems, not our stuff. Uh, does he care about this? Once again, it seems. Canadians are caught uh, or the collateral damage in an American affair? Um, well, um, I, I think, uh, you know, many uh, people have been caught in what uh, the Iranian regime has, has been doing, and uh, uh, no one has suffered more as grievous as these losses are that we have suffered to our citizens, and it's absolutely tragic, and, and uh, all of our hearts go out to the families. Uh, but no one has suffered uh, more uh, from this regime than the Iranian people uh, or the Syrian people. Let's not forget that uh, Iran played the seminal role in propping up Bashir Mm al-Assad, and together with uh, Qasem Soleimani, uh, the Iranian regime, uh, with Iranian help, killed hundreds of thousands of people hundreds of thousands, and displayed millions of people. And this is the legacy of this regime in in Tehran. Aral Braun has been with us, Professor, Department of Political Science, University of Toronto, Mississauga, Professor, Monk School of Global Affairs. Aral, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thank you. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, Tim Powers, vice, tra- uh, vice chairman of Summa Strategies, has served advisor to the national party leaders and federal cabinet ministers and uh, knows a thing or two about Ottawa, and he's with us now. Tim, I'm sorry I had to do that in front of you, but man, we've been waiting for this man for almost an hour, and we get 15 minutes of a long, snowy walk. Well, a few things. Just just to put your mind at ease, Scott. So, ironically, my office is on the route of that walk, and I can tell you the walk is no more than 200 meters, so it's not a long walk. What's he uh, stopping for tea? Has he been to a well, Starbucks? Well, there are actually two crosswalks along the way. No Starbucks, but a bridgehead. Uh, a local Ottawa coffee shop just bought by Second Cup. Anyway. Can you walk? I, can you open the window and tell him to hurry up? I suspect what the issue is, well, he's never usually on time for his press conferences, that's one, uh, but I suspect they want to make sure they have all the right intelligence information which they can share publicly and what they can't share publicly. The, yeah, the, I'm sure the video clip is annoying. I, I would say this, though, there is some... You know, no prime minister in this circumstance wants to look rushed or, or or threatened. He wants to project calm. So clearly to you, that image doesn't do it. I haven't seen it. I don't know. And he doesn't want to roll his SUVs down there, Scott, because it requires an extra drive and you'll burn more GHGs, man. Come on, get with it. Oh, we can use two planes, but we can't get to the podium in under an hour. Come on, Tim. This is BS. All right, enough of that. Enough of my da 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 and as I mentioned, uh, it looks like action's happening, and when it does, Tim will pull away. If You'll you don't dump mind. me for JT. I'm well used to that, Scott. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm just 
your foil right now. All good. <laughs> what are your thoughts on how this, all, all uh, joking aside, uh, mm-hmm. a, a tragic, tragic, tragic accident, if that's in fact what it was, what are your thoughts on how this is all playing out? Well, I don't think it's an Well, I guess it depends how you use the term accidents. You mentioned the U.S. reports that are out there now, and they're describing the accidents in a different fashion, that the airplane apparently was uh, accidentally fired upon by um, uh, Iranian missiles. Uh, that seems to be the way it's being described. We'll see if that gets confirmed or not. I mean, this is terrible on many levels. I mean, there's obviously the personal level, so many Canadians involved and, and 176 people who lost their lives. Bigger diplomatic challenge for the prime minister is response now. Now, what do you do, right? You've just had uh, Trump fire missiles uh, to kill General Soleimani or terrorist Soleimani, depending how you want to describe him, that had inflamed some issues in the region. Missiles were fired at a base in Iraq where Canadians had been and had stationed themselves in their fight against ISIL. Uh, I think today when the Prime Minister does eventually speak, uh, we'll all want to look, listen for, one, what does he say happened? Two, what does the, the actual reaction become? What are you going to do if you're going to do anything, if the information that is accurate that Iran by accident or not, uh, took down a plane with 63 Canadians on it. What is your plan, sir, uh, to deal with this particular horrific act? Does that plan involve Donald Trump? Does it involve America? Uh, the uh, Trump had a press conference earlier on today, kind of blew off that it wasn't our Did stuff. Did he walk, by the way, in the snow with Canada Goose? I, I didn't or? see, uh, no, I didn't <laughs> see any of that whatsoever. I'm sure he, he took a segue into the room, I believe. Uh, anyway, uh, once again, Canadians are collateral damage in a U.S. Mm-hmm. affair, whether it's this or the, or the Huawei scenario. How is Donald Trump going to react to that? What is the discussion between the prime minister and the, and the president? What will that be like? Well, I gather they had one yesterday, and not much was revealed about it because the prime minister had a previous news conference yesterday, and, th- and that was raised. He didn't play much of his hand. Again, if you're to believe the news reports. Uh, the news reports are saying U.S. intelligence has determined this. So that would suggest to me that our Five Eyes intelligence network, so that's Canada, the United States, Britain, Australia, and New Zealand, is very active in in sharing information uh, between Canada and the U.S. And this is probably something Trudeau and Trump have talked about. Um, Going to have to interrupt you there, uh, Tim. Uh, the Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau is about to speak. We'll go live. What happened yesterday was a tragedy, a tragedy that shocked not only Canada, but the world. Before we go any further, I want to extend once again my most sincere condolences to the families of the victims and their loved ones. I and we are all standing with you. Since last addressing Canadians, there have been ongoing discussions since I last addressed Canadians. There have been ongoing discussions with foreign ministers, senior intelligence and military officials, including the fourth meeting of our incident response group. There have been important developments regarding the potential causes of this deadly crash, developments of which Canadians should be made aware. The news will undoubtedly come as a further shock to the families who are already grieving in the face of this unspeakable tragedy. We have intelligence from multiple sources, including our allies and our own intelligence. The evidence indicates that the plane 
was shot down by an Iranian surface-to-air missile. This may well have been unintentional. This new information reinforces the need for a thorough investigation into this matter. Canada is working with its allies to ensure that a thorough and credible investigation is conducted to determine the causes of this fatal crash. As I said yesterday, Canadians have questions and they deserve answers. Last night, Foreign Minister François-Philippe Champagne spoke with Iranian Foreign Minister Zarif. Minister Champagne made it clear that Canadian officials must immediately be granted access to Iran in order to provide consular services, identify the victims, and participate in a thorough investigation. He also condemned Iranian strikes that targeted military bases in Iraq where coalition forces, including Canadians, are currently stationed. Ministers, Minister Zarif committed to continuing this dialogue with Canada as we seek answers. I spoke with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky earlier today and conveyed my condolences to the many Ukrainians who perished in this tragedy. He assured me that Ukraine is taking all necessary measures to ensure a thorough investigation, and we will work closely with Ukraine and our partners throughout this process. I also called Prime Minister Mark Rutte of the Netherlands. He shared with me his experience in handling the aftermath and investigation into Malaysian Airlines Flight 17. It is now more important than ever that we know exactly how such a tragedy could have happened. The families of the victims and all Canadians want answers. I want answers. That means closure, transparency, accountability, and justice. And this government will not rest until we get that. Thank you for being here this morning. I'll now take your questions. David Aiken. Uh, good afternoon, Prime Minister. I just want to come back to the the qualifiers you've been using may well have been unintentional. You just a minute ago said it may have been accidental. Um, that implies that it may not have been unintentional. Can you be as definitive as you can be, knowing what you know, knowing what you can't share with us, about the intentionality of this apparent missile strike? I think that is one of the reasons why it is so important to have a full and credible investigation. Uh, before we get into definitive conclusions, as you say, we need to ensure that we have uh, all the facts gathered. Uh, the intelligence and evidence right now uh, suggests uh, very clearly uh, a, a uh, possible uh, and probable uh, cause for the crash, uh, but it is all the more necessary, therefore, to gather all the evidence to have a complete picture of what happened. And let's follow through then that uh, the evidence does in fact show that it was an accidental, unintentional surface-to-air missile. What range of options would the, the government, would the government of Canada respond in some way to that? And if so, what range of responses might your government consider? I think uh, anything in the range of responses would need to start from uh, a clear understanding and a credible confirmation of what actually happened, and that is why a proper and full investigation is going to be so important.
The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML. This is the Scott Thompson Podcast, available on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast or wherever you get yours. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss a thing. I'm Scott Thompson, and thanks for listening.